Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we welcome Sister Marie of the Apostolic Sisters of St. John into the cafe. Good morning. Good morning, Sister. Good to see you. Good to see you. Especially good to see you here in Columbus. Thank you. Yeah. So we want to talk about your um, your testimony and your, your, your story, but um, for our friends that don't know you and the other sisters you're the community of the apostolic sisters of saint john yeah um and where do you serve so we are currently at bishop reedy high school Mm -hmm. two sisters are uh, teaching theology there and one sister is the dre at saint mary magdalene church Mm -hmm. and personally um i am serving at saint christopher church at grandview Good. So there are uh, four sisters exactly. here in Columbus. We have four sisters. See how I did that? I counted along with yeah, you. Yeah, so, <laughs> nice. Well, it's great to have you all here. Known you for a little while uh-huh. uh, through uh, uh, my oldest daughter. I think uh, introduced us to uh, to the community through the Eagle Eye Institute mm-hmm. that Father Nathan Cromley exactly and yeah. others do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you've been enjoying our lives. Thank so, you. Thank you, Dave. Well, thanks for being here. So tell us about Sister Marie. Where are you from? I don't think you're from Central Ohio. No, not really. <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> you can hear my accent. So je suis française. I am French. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and um, but I have lived in the U.S. for six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in the community of Saint John for thirty-three years. And thirty-three years. Yep. Yes, Praise be to God. Yeah. Wow. So you joined like when you were eight. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. That's okay. And with the community, so our community started in France, mm-hmm. but it's international. So I have been in Belgium, in Switzerland, in the Philippines, in the USA. Okay. Mm. And Columbus is your favorite? Uh, <laughs> so far. So far. There you go. <laughs> Great answer. Do you know OH? Um, that's the, is it a football? Yeah. <laughs> what we call football. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, so I was born in a Catholic family. Um, I was practicing the faith, uh, having uh, being in a Catholic environment and a moral setting. But um, when I was in college, it changed a little bit because... And my thirst for God grew, but then I also faced some of my limitations, especially, I don't know if you had that one day, but you really want to pray every day, but then you forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was disappointed with myself. I thought, oh no, I would like really to pray every day. And then I realized that it was a grace I needed to ask for, mm. you know? And so I asked for that grace and it was given. And every night I would just fall on my knees and pray. And I don't remember exactly how it came about, but I started to read the Gospel of John. Mm. And um, that Gospel of John, I cannot say that I understood everything. It was, I was 20 years old, you know, and it's kind of a deep Gospel. (laughs) But um, I just... It resonated so much with me, like I felt at home. Um, I really felt I was at home. And 
I created for myself a little, like you would say, prayer corner or place where I would pray. And I had a beautiful image of Christ there. And um, suddenly, I mean, not suddenly, but uh, slowly, 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 that image became so alive. Like while I was reading the, this gospel, while I was contemplating that image of Christ, um, my relationship with him evolved, really like changed, became so real, uh, so living, so I would say tender. I think I, <clears throat> sorry, I discovered Jesus as the Lamb of God. Um, and um, maybe I could read one of my favorite quotes of Benedict XVI. Sure, uh, You're, we're always welcome to quote Benedict XVI <laughs> here. So. So it was on September 3, 2008. It was a general audience on St. Paul, and he said, Christianity is not a new philosophy or a new form of morality. We are only Christians if we encounter Christ, even if he does not reveal himself as clearly and irresistibly as he did to Paul in making him the apostle of the Gentiles. We can also encounter Christ in reading Holy Scriptures, in prayer, in the liturgical life of the Church. We touch Christ's heart and feel that Christ touches ours. And I think mm -hmm. like it was exactly what happened, like looking at this image, remembering this image and uh, reading this Gospel of John, suddenly it's as if I was touching Christ's heart, you know, and feeling that Christ was touching my heart. Like it was, it became very personal. Anyway, um, then Benedict XVI continues, it is only in this personal relationship with Christ and in this meeting with the risen one that we are truly Christians. And so I think this encounter with Christ like changed totally my life. I, it's not anymore um, a way I should live but it's a person who knows me and uh, whom I will see one day, like face to face, and I can't wait to see him. And I guess that was also what attracted me to the community of St. John because of this um, adoration times that we have where we grow um, in friendship with Christ like, uh, and invite people into this friendship with him. Did, did you meet the sisters on campus then, or did you know them growing up? Um, no, I didn't know them growing up, but um, my first encounter was a kind of an eagle-eye camp. Like it was yeah. uh, a youth a youth camp, and that, that was this brother, St. John, who came and started to describe our Christian life as um, following Jesus the Lamb. I never heard about I mean, we say Lamb of God at Mass, right? Lamb of God, have mm -hmm. mercy on us. But I didn't, never realized I could call Jesus the Lamb and I would follow him and that would be my life. It struck me so much. And, and then I met the community. I was a student in Paris and there was this prayer group. Uh, I could go every Tuesday evening and there was this talk on the Gospel of John, and then there was this adoration time, and it really, really deepened my 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 Christian life. And also, uh, I think John Paul II played a, a big role in my life, because I met him, I was still in high school, 
and we went with our bishop to Rome mm. and um, so we were on the St. Peter's Plaza where during the general audience and our bishop is greeting the Pope. So we, the young people, you know, we jump, we're on the <laughs> chairs, we, we laugh. And, and then when the bishop comes back, he says, you won't because you are invited to his private mass tomorrow morning, just the young people. So we went and, and I, I rushed to the first you know, the first bench, and uh, here was John Paul playing wow. silently, and then he celebrated just for us. And um, and then I had the grace of receiving communion from him, wow. and it was so, I mean, faith is given through the faith of another person, mm -hmm. right? You receive faith when you see someone believing, and the way he was giving me communion was so real that maybe... I realized, yeah, I just received Christ. You know, it's kind of like not stopping at him, but he was able through his faith to lead me to a deeper faith in Christ in the Eucharist. Wait, was this in the 1990s? Um, no, before that. Wow, 1983, okay. I think. Yeah. Okay, so pretty mm -hmm. early in his papacy. Yeah, and, uh -huh. and so oh, yeah. that encounter was with the... Uh, uh, the younger, athletic, yeah, vibrant exactly. John Paul II. Yeah. What a blessing! I mean, over over the course of his papacy, there. I mean, we were able to walk with him as, as yeah, uh, you know, through the different stages of life. Exactly. I'm definitely and, a John Paul generation. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Then uh -huh. were you able to spend some time after mass? In his presence? Exactly. Like the whole group of young people, we were led to another room, and he entered in the room. We were, we started to sing another Magnificat, and then he was like uh, moving his hands like to... Like a was, conductor. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he asked us what we wanted to do in life. He talked to us. And... and uh, some years later, I came back to, and this time it was in Cascal, Castel Gandolfo. Right. And we had a mass with him also. And uh, I told him, uh, Holy, I was a sister at the time, Holy Father, I pray for you. And he answered, I mean, in French, c'est ma force, meaning it's my strength. Mm. I was like, wow, that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had several occasions to, to meet him, and that was a, a great blessing, great inspiration. I, I have heard from others that, that have spent time with um, the Holy Father, uh, St. Pa John Paul II, his eye contact yeah, and just his, mm -hmm. his ministry of presence mm -hmm. in, in front of everyone exactly. that he's with. My last time, I think, with him was um, during the Jubilee year in 2000. There was this great mass where he asked, uh, the church um, asked forgiveness for the members of the church who you know, who failed, and, and I had the grace to attend that Mass, and on my ticket, I realized that I had to bring the offerings to him, like, so uh, here I am, bringing the, the wine, and I had my blood sister with me, she was bringing the, the hosts, and I kneel in front of him, and I give him uh, the, the wine, and I couldn't talk to him, although I really wanted to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's during a highly 
Yeah, that's... the time wasn't right. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But the eye contact was enough, you know, to say everything I had to tell him at that moment. Like, it was really uh, such a blessing also. That's mm. beautiful. And he was already quite tired in 2000, yeah. Mm. Sister Mary, we're kind of talking about your vocation story. So would you say that JP2 had an instrumental role in your vocation then? Oh, very much. Yeah. I, I went to World Youth Day in Spain in 1989 and he said you all you young people if you feel cold don't be afraid um and he was always saying don't be afraid mm -hmm. right? do not be afraid and i said oh i wish i would be cold and i i think that was just my wish was actually my call i mean mm. it's because i it resonated so much with me and yeah because I think he he was someone who helped us to be um, to realize how great our faith is and how um, needed it was for the world. Yeah, because then um, I was in fire with my faith. I was a teacher, elementary teacher at the time in Paris, and I would go to mass before uh, going to work and. Then I was walking the streets of Paris, like uh, carrying in my heart Jesus. And I was like, no, these people, they don't know that God is so loving, that God is so close, that God is so accessible. How come I have that grace to receive Jesus mm -hmm. and to know that he's my God and that he's there for me? And these people don't know that. I want my life to say it. I want my life to be a sign that, yes, um, God is among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and He's here. He is so accessible. Hmm. Sister Marie from the Apostolic Sisters of St. John, one of the motifs of the Gospel of uh, John is shining the light into the darkness. Mm -hmm. And... Your charism is very much uh, teaching. Yeah, right? actually, I we just came up with a little sentence that says uh, something about our charism. I would say teaching is a mean, but it's not the goal. And mm -hmm. it can be through teaching, and it can be through sharing, and it can be through visiting, to encountering people. And um, so we just uh, came up with that, like, as beloved disciples, because that's what John is, John right? is the beloved disciple. Like St. John, we abide with Jesus, we abide with Jesus in a life of prayer and adoration and draw others into his friendship by serving the church through our ministry of evangelization. So evangelization can be through what I'm doing at St. Christopher, like the RE, like responsible of the catechism. And it could be through teaching at Reedy, or it could be through some Bible groups. It could be through yeah, mm -hmm. visiting. But all the apostolic works are um, very much rooted in prayer and adoration. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is so beautiful because you were just sharing with us, Sister Marie, this desire that you had as you were a, uh, as you were a teacher in Paris before you were a sister, this desire to bring Christ to others, how they didn't realize maybe how accessible he is. Mm. And your charism is drawing others to friendship with him. Exactly. And very much so, he, he saw the desires of your heart and then drew, drew you into 
a vocation mm-hmm. in which you could do that. Exactly, yeah. It's like prayer and mission. And also, uh, John is, in his first letter, he says so much like, what we have experienced of Christ, we want to share it with you uh, so that you are in fellowship with us and our joy will be complete. And uh, this fellowship is very important, like uh, the fraternal life. And um, this is what the church is. And we live it as a community and we want it to be contagious. You know, like uh, we want to share our faith in Christ how much he loves us and wants us to adore him and to be with him so that we could be in fellowship with one another and the joy also. The, the world needs so much a real joy. Yeah, I remember one thing when I was at World Youth Day in Sydney and uh, we were with the young people. I was accompanying them as a sister in the bus at night and we were singing and joyful and then the bus driver was so struck. He said, you know, Usually when I have people singing and joyful in my bus, it's because they are drunk. And, <laughs> and you're not. Like, we said, no, I mean, we are, we are Christians. And he, yeah. he was so struck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you able to go to Portugal? No, I wasn't. But two of my sisters, Sister Agatha and Sister Hope, who are here in Columbus now, were there. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a... It's a it's an important place to evangelize the young people, to bring them and make them realize that how much the church is alive. And with the community of St. John, we had a big group coming from all over the world because we are uh, international. So, A family reunion. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Very nice. Yeah. So how did you um, come to Columbus? So um, we had a house in Illinois, mm-hmm. and um, I would say it was a little bit remote, and we were looking for a place that would be more among the people. I mean, we were thinking at that, and at that moment, uh, Bishop Earl uh, invited us and um, asked us if we could have a mission here in Columbus. So we are here this year, and starting that mission right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you, you had the opportunity to come through Columbus before the before the move, obviously, so you were able to check out the town and exactly. get, to, get to know some of the folks. Were you here for the Sacred Heart Congress? No. No? No. Okay. Uh-huh. But, um, but I knew you, you were able to go around, visit different parishes. And, yeah, exactly. And, and meet a lot of the people. Mm-hmm. What's your impression, Ben? Yeah, I know it's your favorite place so far. (laughs) Yeah, it's very vibrant, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many people who are willing to uh, leave their faith and share their faith. And uh, uh, being in the setting of the school, we see how much uh, this is an amazing place for evangelization. Like Mm -hmm. these young people, they need witnesses of the faith and they need, yeah, being taught. did the, had, have the students had much of an opportunity to be around sisters? I don't think so. Not much. Yeah. Not much. Um, they are very friendly, though. They are very open. And uh, I think they, 
start to build a relationship with the sister's teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we actually, you were asking if we came here before. Last uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we had a kind of family reunion with our sisters who are in East Orange, New Jersey. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we came from Illinois. They came from New Jersey and we met as a family for Thanksgiving. And that was the moment also we started to look around and see where would be the be- the best place if we came. And, yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. So ju- so Thanksgiving just about a year ago. Exactly. So things moved pretty quickly then. They did. Yeah, they did. A little bit quicker than we thought. But um, the diocese was generous to welcome us. This August, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Sister Marie, what does it mean to be an apostolic of Sister of St. John? I know you shared a little bit about the charism, being a beloved disciple. Mm-hmm. Could you share a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, obviously living a religious life, meaning um, a consecrated life through the three vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, as every religious does. And so we live um, a quite regular life of adoration, and we pray the liturgy of the hours. We have adoration in the morning and adoration in the evening. And um, yeah, this is also the the fraternal life. And um, I think we find strength in... uh, living together, helping each other, and I would say assessing where God is calling for the mission and, and strengthen each other in our, in our mission, even though we don't have all the same mission, but it's very rich then because we share and we, yeah. Mm-hmm. In establishing that chapel and so carrying your routines your your way of life yeah. from one place to another having that that constancy that stability yeah, exactly. is so important because it, it gets a little chaotic when you do a move right yeah, like like, like what you did but um to, but your stability yeah is with the eucharist mm-hmm. exactly we we have this rhythm of life and we live it and that gives us i would say the frame at the time yeah. frame and then uh, then we have a lot to discover here. It's very true. It's a very, it's a time of discovery and and starting new things. Mm-hmm. We're on the eve of All Saints Day, All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk a little bit about uh, preparing for and uh, celebrating All Saints Day. Yeah. Any tips? Yeah, because um, I, it's so exciting. I like what St. John writes in the book of Revelation. Um, The book of Revelation is really like a glimpse of heaven. It's not something that is scary. It's really a book of hope. And I really like um, on the chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, he says, After this I looked, and behold, in heaven an open door. And then come up here, and I will show you. Behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. So I, I really like that. This um, And there are beautiful tapestry where you see the angel taking John by the hand and saying, uh, come, I will show you. And there is this open door. 
and we see the throne and all the people worshipping. And we will hear in the reading, it's the chapter 7 tomorrow of the book of Revelation. And John says, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hand. I, I like this vision of the glorious church, you know. And each of these saints, they have been burned with charity, like John says in his first letter. They have uh, seen, heard, touched the word of life. They have shared, sometimes at the price of their life. They come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Like, mm -hmm. it's so beautiful to be led through this open door and look at the heavenly church. It's not a dream, it's a reality. And sometimes we are so much like on earth, I would say, and on what's going on here and in the militant church that we forget that we live with the saints. Like, And we need this, I would say this day for me is like, huh, let's open the door and let's go with John to look at the triumph of church because they inspire so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful way to look at All Saints Day, this opportunity, like you said, to open the door and, mm -hmm. and look in and, and see our hope. Like you said, it's a book of hope. Exactly, exactly. And um, this is really the, the, um, the purpose of the great vision of John is um, to give us a glimpse of heaven and also the right perspective on our tribulation, I would say. Um, because in the book of Revelation, it's, it's so much um, to give us the courage to fight the good fight, I would say. And basically is choose who you adore. Mm -hmm. The book of Revelation is a lot also about uh, adoration. And who will you adore? Mm -hmm. like, will you get rid of the idols and adore the true God? And and be joined to the martyrs and the, the saints. I mean, yeah. Mentioned a family reunion before. This is kind of the ultimate family <laughs> yeah, reunion, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, and it happens in a very real, albeit supernatural way at every mass that we go to. Exactly. I remember telling some of my friends, you know, when you're at mass, you do not see, but you have the angels, you have the saints. He says, do you really believe that? Mm -hmm. I say, of course I do. Uh, but we tend to forget sometimes, no? So this, this feast is to remind us that um, we coexist, I would say, I don't know how to say, like yeah. with, with the angels and the saints. Yeah. Like we, our fellowship is with them and they are very much interested in us. Um, they're interceding for us constantly, right? Are. And they cheering are. us on. Yeah, like Saint Therese, she says, uh, Saint Therese of mm -hmm. Lisieux, uh, she says, I'll spend my heaven in doing good on earth, you know? And also those whom we love, who are already there, you know? Um, I have a um, couple of friends who sadly, or I don't know how to say, but they are there anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they left us too early, but they are there. And sometimes I tell them, you don't, you are not there to just sit in your rocking chair <laughs> and look at Jesus. Uh, you need to come. I mean, you need to help me because right. I'm still on the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. 
That, and that just reminds me of the importance of, you know, if they are always ministering to us, praying for us, mm-hmm. then we need to take that opportunity to remember them. Like you said, the church and her wisdom reminds us, has this feast to remind us exactly. of them and, and that we should take that seriously and mm-hmm. ask for their prayer, ask for their intercession, develop friendships with them. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's, it's so, when we uh, pray the Litany of the Saints, I realize how rich it is. It's mm-hmm. so such a beautiful thing to pray the Litany of the Saints. Uh, recently, we went to Maria Stein, yes. and where there are so many relics. It's not really far from here. Right. And we prayed the Litany of the Saints in that chapel. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful like to realize how we are surrounded That's by... That's a perfect place mm-hmm. to pray the Litany of Saints. Exactly. exactly. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You have a devotion to St. Therese? Very much. I mean, um, she's French. (laughs) (laughs) It's obligatory. (laughs) And um, reading the the last letter, exhortation? Yeah, the the apostolic exhortation. Exactly, of the Holy Father. I read it and I I thought, well, I feel so much at home when I read that. Mm-hmm. He says you have to focus on the essential, and the essential is trust in God. And it is so true, like very, um, it's the heart of our faith, I think she gives. And I have traveled a little bit and went to China, to Taiwan, to the Philippines, and she's everywhere. Like she's everywhere. And I would say, Catholics in the in China, they are either Therese or Joseph. Like <laughs> it's amazing, like the Christian, mm-hmm. how how she she was so much a saint of the ordinary. Yes, but so deeply um, true in the gospel, the heart of the gospel, like that filial relationship that she is touching. I would say the heart of every person. Uh, because this is the deepest, um, yeah, she's touching the deepest chords of our hearts. I don't know how to say, like an instrument. Yeah. Two things that um, that I found through this apostolic exhortation is, is that St. Therese is very much a saint for today. And, and I think because she does find all the graces of, of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also saw sister, the, um, the impact in the, in the final paragraphs of the exhortation, the impact that St. Therese has had on the Holy father and, mm. and his papacy when he does those concluding remarks oh. of how to live, um, how to, how to be apostles. Yeah. It's very, very strong. The pa- paragraph, 52 yeah very strong like make a life a gift and not focus on yourself uh, value love uh, instead of individualism I mean it's so strong like it's and then concern for others instead of uh, casting aside the brother and sisters simplicity over complexity uh, trust and abandonment and um, he says also captivated by the attractiveness of Jesus and his gospel and um, versus indifference and self-absorption. He says always that the greatest sin is indifference, right? 
Mm. And so being a missionary disciple, being captivated by Jesus and his gospel speaks of Therese and it speaks of We only have a minute uh, left. Can you come back and talk more about St. Therese? You want to do that some other time? Oh. Can we invite you back? If you wish. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love Uh for you to come back. Uh uh, Talk about, uh, yeah, St. Therese. And the word that really stood out for me from that conclusion that you just read is indifference. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe we have you come back and we can brainstorm how to fight indifference in our time mm-hmm. she 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 was so in love mm. she says i really count of not remaining in inactive in heaven amen thanks for being with us friends glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning it is now and ever shall be a world without end amen we'll be back with you tomorrow morning make sure to tune in we have a big announcement to share with you god bless